Hello again, hockey fans, and it is time for episode number 12 of Brave the Wild here on Wednesday, February the 18th, episode number 12, as I mentioned. And folks, we are back to the 500 club, as the Minnesota Wild are now 3-3 three and three in February, so it's basically the same old story as January, as things definitely take a turn for the worse for your Minnesota Wild late last week, and we will get into that. We will also talk a little bit about Ben Wapulia, and also a little bit another look at the Houston Arrows and how things are faring down there for the uh, <laughs> the bear cupboard, as we could call it, pretty much in the Minnesota Wild farm system. But first and foremost, Brave the Wild, we are available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes, and I thank each and every one of you, as always, for downloading and listening to this wonderful show where we talk Minnesota Wild Hockey, and I thank all of you loyal listeners out there. And, um, well, also, on thesportstuff.com, we do have a message boards in the upper right-hand corner. Click on the button that says TSS Boards. That is where you can sign up and become a member of thesportstuff.com. That is how you can vote on the polls we have on our podcast in the podcast section. You can also chit-chat about the National Hockey League or any other sport. And, of course, your Minnesota Wild. Hopefully that is where you're going to go the most. Minnesota Wild fans, please become members of thesportstuff.com. It is 100% free and 100% fun. More than worth it. We need some more hockey fans on thesportstuff.com, as all of you are welcome and do check it out. Also, check out minnesota.nhlfansite.com, minnesota.nhlfansite.com. Nice enough to put a link to Brave the Wild in the center of the front page. In the Hockey Links section, Brave the Wild, Minnesota Wild Show, it'll read. So I thank you, Chris, for having me a part of that website. And we hope to also get an RSS feed up on that website very soon. Do stay tuned for that news. Well, with no further ado, we're going to take our first quick break, and we will get into the game reviews right after this. Here on thesportstuff.com, get on board the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com along with iTunes and Mediafly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage. And we are back here on Brave the Wild, episode number 12, a reminder for iPod users. And we're going to get right into our first game review. That was Wednesday, February the 11th, a victory for the Minnesota Wild. And that is the last victory for this team, as, of course, they lose the next game the next night against Detroit, and they lose Saturday against Ottawa. That is one we're going to really focus on today as we are back to the 500 club in February. All right, let's get to the victory, though. Let's talk a little bit of positivity first. A 3-2 victory for the Minnesota Wild. This, a home game against the hated Colorado Avalanche. Andrew Brunette going against his former team and playing with the uh, former, former team, Minnesota Wild. (laughs) And back with us again, terrific. Pierre-Marc Bouchard opens things up for the Wild, eight minutes and 20 seconds into the game. 
As he continues a nice run of hockey, Pierre-Marc Bouchard with his 12th goal of the year, and Owen Nolan continuing his surprising play for this team, and Belanger consistent, both of them assisting on the goal. Only five minutes later, though, Ryan Smith with his 17th, assisted by former gopher Jordan Leopold and Wojciech Walski, Wojciech Walski, excuse me, (laughs) Um, there's the wild and the Avalanche remained tied after the first period. A solid period. Uh, overall, the Wild, though, only muster five shots. That is the disappointing part. Colorado able to get nine. They pretty much trade places in the second period. And that is when Owen Nolan gets his 13th goal of the year, second point of the game. Zedlicky and Skula picking up assists on that one. Uh, the Wild get nine shots to the Avalanche's four. I'll also mention before I say anything else, face-offs were 30-30 even, so that is very good news, as the Wild won of the worst teams in the NHL on the face-off, one of the best on the power play, or the best on the penalty kill, and one of the best on the power play. We'll get to those numbers in the next segment. Um, so the Wild are able to take a 2-1 to lead going into the third period, and Ryan Smith once again ties the game up, this time his 18th goal on the power play. Now, by the way, Colorado was 1-6 of six on the power play, so they're able to get one against the best penalty kill in the league in the wild 0 for 4 on the power play on this particular night. Um, hey Duke and Michael Lays, John Michael Lays, or Lills, excuse me, Lillies, uh, able to get assists on that power play goal. But then Cal Clutterbuck gets an unassisted goal about eight minutes later, late in the game, to, uh, Excuse me, this thing is confusing. Cal Clutterbuck did not score a goal. I apologize. Cal Clutterbuck did not score a goal here. I have no idea what this is all about. <laughs> I apologize. It was Antti Mietnin that scored the goal, his 12th of the year. Andrew Burnett and Koivu, that is a nice line for your Minnesota Wild. That has worked out pretty well of late. Brunette and Koivu assisting on Mietnin's 12th goal of the year. Again, I apologize for the Cal Clutterbuck. I don't know why it says that here. Um, some type of error. It says... Four goals by the Wild now. They only got three in this game, as we all know that very well. Uh, overall, the Wild were able to put up 26 shots against Raycroft, excuse me, and Baxter only faced 22 and gave up two goals. Not the worst game ever, but the Wild getting a thrilling victory. Mietnin with a clutch goal with only a minute 20 left in the game. And that booster Minnesota Wild back into the playoff contention range, about, about sixth in the conference. But that was about the last time we'd be talking about the Minnesota Wild in playoff contention, at least for this particular point of time, as the Wild will fall out of the playoff race here on the following night. They go to Detroit, and you knew this wasn't going to be easy. I mean, you just knew it wasn't going to be easy. It was a fairly entertaining game, though. I mean, i got to tell you, the Minnesota Wild in Detroit, at least in the first period, it was some decent hockey. It really was. As... uh both teams looked fairly even in the first period. As Josh Harding, well, <laughs> he makes his first start in 12 games, and, of course, it's against the Detroit Red Wings, the top power play in the NHL. Thankfully, the Wild, as they mentioned, have the top penalty kill in the NHL, so something's got to give. And, by the way, and I'll mention now, the Wild power play was ninth coming into the game, so not horrible Wild power play overall. Not too bad. I mean, they get it done when it matters. And uh, Michael Samuelson was able to knock in a goal on the power play when the puck bounced under Harding. So that was quite unfortunate. And that's what got the Red Wings heading in the right direction. That was his 15th goal 
of the year. Brent Burns, thankfully, is able to tie things up about six minutes later. His eighth goal, that was on the power play, so your ninth-ranked power play of the Minnesota Wild, getting it done. Boy, oh, boy. I'm going to get to another stat here in a second. It's just despicable. But, uh, hey, an entertaining first period. Detroit putting up 17 shots, the Wild 12. That's not horrible. Not horrible at all. I'll also mention Chris Osgood and Josh Harding pretty much have opposite stats. Chris Osgood, at this point, was 18-4. and 18-4. and four. Goals against average right around 3. So it's like, yeah, an awesome win-loss record, but a lousy goals against average, right? Save percentage, you know, <laughs> save percentage in the in the upper 80s. That's, that's horrible, right? Yet they win every freaking game they play. <laughs> Josh Harding, it's the other way around. Look at his save percentage, 90. 293%, 1-7, and seven, and his goals against average 2.25. So what does that tell you? It just tells you <laughs> Josh Josh Harding kind of screwed right there pretty much. I, I bet if he was Detroit's goalie, he'd look pretty good right now, I'm sure. So that's the one encouraging thing, say, if Backstrom leaves. Uh, Harding is okay. He certainly has a lot of bad luck, though. Gives up goals late in the game. Uh, this particular night was not his night. As the second period, the floodgates opened. The levees break, folks. The levees break in Detroit. And uh, <laughs> Yuri Hudler gets his 18th of the year. Marion Hosa. Boy, I just hate seeing that name because it hurts not being a member of the Minnesota Wild. Um, as It's just unbelievable. As Detroit gets that goal with 10-22, halfway, pretty much the halfway point of the game. So it's like, well, great. Now Detroit's ahead. Oh, goody. About, a, like, about 50 seconds later, Chris Draper with his fourth goal here. Marion Hosa, another assist, along with Philippa, Philippula, excuse me, assisting on that. And then only five minutes later, six minutes later, Vili Leno with his third goal of the year. Brian Rafalski and Thomas Kopecki. These names are kind of tough, but there you go. Assisting on that, Detroit, three goals in a six-minute span. Game over. Game over. As uh, some old Japanese video game made by Game Arts used to say called uh, Sliffy, the game was over. <laughs> yeah, that sucked. Koivu, about halfway through the third period, was able to save face a little bit for the Wild, getting his 16th goal. It was a short-handed goal also. So it kind of sort of kept the Wild within striking distance, but it didn't really matter. As Detroit putting up 43 shots versus 23, they pretty much toyed with our Minnesota Wild on this particular night. Thankfully, though, this stat looks good before I get into a really ugly one. Uh, the Wild were 1 of 3 in the power play. That looks good. And also Detroit 0 of 5 on the power play. So the penalty kill for the Wild, perfect on this night. And the power play, 33%, 33.3 repeating line, you could call it. Um, not bad. Not bad there at all. But, uh, man, oh, man, oh, man. The face-offs. Detroit winning 37-16. to 37-16 to 16 is the Wild, one of the worst face-off teams in the NHL. Traditionally, just like traditionally, they have been one of the best penalty kills in the NHL. They've pretty much been in the top five every year since Jacques Lemaire and your Wild have existed in this state. So there you go. Not the best game for your Wild. Detroit, clearly a way better team. And it also showed how far away your Minnesota Wild are from competing for a Stanley Cup championship. It's not close, man. It's not even close. It's like the 2002 or 2003 Golden Gopher hockey team playing against mm, <laughs> playing against Minnesota Duluth at that point in time. Just it's, it's not the same. It's just not the same. 
I hate to say it. And now the frustration of all frustrations, February 14th. Happy freaking Valentine's Day to those of you that care. I personally don't, but you get the idea. This was not a happy Valentine's Day at all, as the Wild blow a three-goal lead to lose 5-3. to three. So we're going to get into that right now. What a joke. What a joke. But the first period, we'll just talk about that first so we can have a little bit of happiness going against an Ottawa team that has struggled mightily this season for some strange reason. Uh, they can't – their their defense has fallen off the face of the earth. Um, the goaltending is not good at all. <laughs> Elliot just got hammered, the former Wisconsin Badger. I mean, they're at that point now. And then Ald, I really know nothing about Ald much, came in, stopping 17 shots straight. So that was when things changed. Elliot only faced 12 shots and gave up three goals. You kind of pretty much pull the goalie when things are going that way. But, uh, yeah, Pierre-Marc Richard continuing his solid run of hockey, despite the fact his first two months of the season he pretty much did nothing, about six points. But, yeah, 13th goal of the year, Nolan again. And Shepard, who has been picking it up a little bit, he's starting to play a little bit better. He does a lot of little things lately that you don't really see much on the stat sheet, unless you're an insanely hardcore play, uh, hardcore hockey fan with, uh, you know, statistics anyway. Uh, Owen Nolan getting two straight goals to put the Wild up 3-0. to zero. Owen Nolan's 14th and 15th of the year. Burns, Bergeron assisting on the first. Shepard getting his second assist of the game. So he, yeah, as I said, starting to pick it up. And Bouchard assisting on that. That's become a solid little group right there. They're, they're, they're doing pretty good. That's like the second line pretty much right now. Um, that's just pretty much how things stand there. That, not a bad line at all. Nolan with 15 goals already despite the fact he's missed a decent amount of games with injury and the fact he's 36 and has really not eclipsed 40 points in a season in a long time. He just might do it this year if he can stay healthy. But here come the levies again. Another three-goal period for a Minnesota Wild opponent. Just total BS. Total BS. Brian Lee, second goal of the year. And Heatley and Vermette assisting on the first one with about 12 and a half minutes into the second period. Four minutes later, Vermette getting his ninth of the year, assisted by Chris Kelly, and then Chris Phillips only three minutes later. A short-handed goal, folks. Short-handed goal. The Wild give up two of them. Two of them. Uh, this was about the minute left in the second period to say, ha-ha, we're tied. Now you guys are screwed, Minnesota. Um, Halverson and Chris Kelly assisting on that one. Daniel Halverson, guy who's... Had a great career, but this team not doing good at all, Ottawa, this year for some strange reason. Except for this night, they looked like the Eastern Conference champs of two years ago on this particular night, conveniently. As this was the one where Jacques Lemaire, you're going to hear a little bit of anger from Jacques Lemaire here pretty quick. Daniel Elfordson, two minutes and 30 seconds, getting a shorthanded goal. Of course, the Wild on the power play. They were 1-4 and four on the night. Ottawa only 0-1. of one. They only had one power play on the night. One power play, and they got five goals. One power play, and they got five goals, folks. <laughs> wow, that just doesn't look good at all. Mm, yeah, that, that just, it's unbelievable. Short-handed, unassisted goal. Daniel Everson just take, took the puck and, and went the distance. Boom. Danny Heatley then on the empty netter, 25th goal of the year, so he's still got got it going over there, Danny Heatley. Spezza, another good player, and Alfredson assisting there on that pretty much the put-him-away line, you could call it right there, because that's a Stanley Cup type of line, I, I, I would say, over there in Ottawa. 
Yeah, the Wild lose 5-3 to three on this night. The faceoffs fairly even, 27-25. to 25. Ottawa victors there. Ottawa only putting up three shots on goal in the second period, by the way. I, I, our third period, excuse me. L- l- look at this. Three shots on goal, and they scored on two of them. Yeah. That, <laughs> unbelievable. Ottawa put up 22 shots in this game. 22 shots. That is pathetic. So, what can I say? I mean, I'm about as irate as Lemire when I, when you, when you just, you know, that, that was a pathetic game. Pathetic game. As we will read this article here on this particular night, because on the power play, Brent Burns decided to save possession by stepping up in the offensive zone. The mistake was fatal. The Senators sprung on a two and two on one, and Daniel Alfredson led Phillips or fed Phillips for the tying goal with 59 seconds left in the period, as Lemaire would say. With Backstrom pulled in the third, Alfredson picked up a bad Marek Zedlicky pass and scored shorthanded off Josh Harding. And uh, <laughs> unbelievable. Just so frustrating. And now the tirade of tirades by Jacques Lemaire, as I will try to imitate his voice. A lot of times you ask me why you don't get your defensemen involved more, said Lemaire. His face turning red, his eyes beaming, his voice shaking. I love it. It's just like reading a book. This is the reason why I don't get them more involved. This, that is the reason, because you can not win playing like this, pinching at any time. That is the reason. (laughs) I just, you know, hey, I agree with Jacques Lemaire on that. That was pretty lame. What happened there and, uh, defensive minded team. And then, of course, we make one mistake and boom, you give up fire, you give up just two shorthanded goals and, and, and you get buried. Your season, it's just the story of this year, kind of just the up and downness, the, the, the gaffes. I don't know. I mean, I just don't think the morale is all too high for this team right now. And of course, the Calgary Flames come to town tomorrow night. That is going to be a big, big, big game for your wild. They need, to win tomorrow night, but against the Calgary Flames, can't say I'm all too confident going into this one. So with that, I'm going to take a quick break, and we're going to get into some more wild background talk right after this. Here on the sportstuff.com, we're bursting in blue with Timberwolves Explosion. Timberwolves fans, your show has arrived at last as we bring in a new era with Al Jefferson, Kevin Love, and Mike Miller. We're available on thesportstuff.com and also available on iTunes. Download and listen to in-depth and detailed coverage of your favorite team. Show your true blue and join this explosion of Timberwolves basketball. And we are back here on Brave the Wild, episode number 12. A reminder again for iPod users, the 500 Club. Welcome back to the 500 Club to your Minnesota Wild. That is the title for this episode. Aren't you happy? All right. Well, there's some good news for the Minnesota Wild, at least somewhat. Not much, but it looks like Benoit Puglia. Things are starting to move a little bit more positively for Benoit Puglia. At this particular time, moving down to Houston, as you gotta think this is gonna happen, right? I mean, 
he's going to build a little bit of confidence going down, despite the fact it's going to piss him off. Um, it took a demotion as Brian Stenzas, so not Michael Russo, Brian Stenzas, welcome aboard to him from the Star Tribune. It took a demotion to AHL Houston, but forward Ben Wapulia, he's said he's feeling on track to being all grown up. And it's about freaking time, isn't it, guys? What a difference a month can make. Calling the whole situation a wake-up call, Puglia said he is striving to both mature and become a better player the rest of the season with the Arrows after spending three months largely as a disappointment in the NHL. I just got to get some points and focus on making the playoffs, just like the Wild, said Puglia, who is 22. If I play good, we'll see where it goes, I guess. So... That is definitely encouraging. Upon learning, he he was being sent down to Houston on January 15th after playing 37 games with the Wild and being a healthy scratch in another seven. Puglia stormed out of the locker room. But Puglia returned to XL Energy Center last week while the Arrows practiced there and admitted that his anger didn't last long. When they told me, I was in shock. I didn't know what to do. Then I said, you know what? Just play in hockey. Everything, or just play hockey, everything will fall back into place after that. And that's very true. While general manager also stating that keeping Puglia on the roster was a bad mistake. And yeah, he also says he wasn't ready. You get to a point when a player, when a player is not succeeding in the NHL, it's better to put him down. And yeah, I think it is. I mean, sometimes you gotta do it. Gotta keep, gotta get his confidence up where it belongs instead of struggling in the NHL and not getting much playing time. Unfortunately, that, with Colton Gillies, he'd have to go back to juniors. I'm not sure how much more development he'll get there. Uh, I could almost guarantee you folks that Colton Gillies will be in the AHL next year without massive improvement this summer. Oh, that was a side note by myself right there. Also, I will say, uh, or Puglia continuing, obviously it was a wake up call. When you have a meeting with Doug and he tells you your stuff wasn't re- wasn't really what he expected. Yeah, that's a, that's a wake up call. I know I hadn't really been producing. Absolutely, he had 11 points in 37 games with the Wild. In 10 games of the Arrows, he missed three with a groin injury. He has eight points, eight points. So that is extremely encouraging right there. He is playing much better hockey right now in Houston. And hey, I mean, I'm, I'm real happy for him, absolutely. As, uh, we're gonna go to the Houston Arrows again. Chris Kalanos, also by the way, he's playing really good in his return to Houston. I got to see a Houston Arrows game on TV not too long ago. Because, uh, nobody was playing in town at the time. No Timberwolves are wild. And, uh, I happened to switch over to FSN. Boom! Arrows, Houston Arrows on TV. That was beautiful. Corey Locke getting a game winner late in the game in that particular night. Kalanos, though, looking steady there right now. 33 points in 27 games by Kalanos. That's very efficient by him. But also, yeah, eight points in ten games by Ben Mapulia. He's already one point behind Danny Ehrman, who still needs to get his tenth point of the year. Only nine points for Ehrman. In 48 games, four goals, five assists. So Danny Ehrman continuing to struggle in Houston. Not the NHL in Houston. He's the Ben Wapulia of the Houston Arrows right now. But, uh, yeah, this is very encouraging. Two goals, six assists for Puglia. So he's also trying to play more of a team game instead of just goals all the time, as it seemed like that was Ben Wapulia's approach on the Minnesota Wild. So very encouraging. Finally something you can you can you know you can you can uh, have some type of 
confidence in right now with the Minnesota Wild in the farm system. Ben Wapulia is in the farm system, I guess. Oh, goody, right? So we'll see if possibly next year Puglia finally can crack this NHL roster and stay there for good. So that is an encouraging thing for our Minnesota Wild, at least for this time being. Hopefully things continue to move on. Uh, I didn't read a response last week, or it was a show or two ago, where Chris Porter made a response. Well, this was actually, this is more where he was just saying he's looking forward to the show. And here it is. Sorry about that. I asked the question. This is what it was, the poll. I, excuse me. What will happen with Gabrick and Backstrom? I apologize for that. Uh, yeah, I didn't read the responses last time. I believe I missed this. Uh, what will happen to Gabrick and Backstrom? The four choices were both will be signed. Backstrom will be signed. Gabrick gone. Gabrick will be signed. Backstrom gone. Both will be lost. Well, everybody says Backstrom signed. Gabrick gone. So that is the stance there. Chris Porter's response, have to sign Backstrom, maybe pricey for the Wild, but if they don't get it done soon, I think they should try to get it done before the end of the season. Gabrick is gone. He will want too much, and I someone, I think someone will give it give it to him. Darn shame they couldn't get something. Draft picks looking good now, mm-hmm. as that is the deal. Um, it's unfortunate. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Chris Porter, that Backstrom is the one that's probably going to be signed and Gabrick on his way out. Yeah, and the Wild, hard to say if we're going to get anything. There might be a last-second trade for a third-round pick or some prospects. As I remember with Montreal, that we were going to get a goalie to team up with, possibly Harding if we lose Backstrom in a Gabrick trade, or at least just to build up the, you know, build up the farm system in Houston for the time being and see how things go. Uh, there was a young guy and a a grinder, and I believe his name was Higgins in Montreal, so that was the deal there. Earlier, it didn't excite me, but it's looking awfully good right now. It's looking a lot better than absolutely nothing. So um, that's the deal right now. Uh, other than that, the Wild will have cap space going into next year, even though the salary cap is going to drop in the next two years. It's going to drop significantly, unfortunately, and uh, it makes it even harder to sign people. So you're just going to have to try to negotiate and be smart with their money right now, but also Kalmaneri uh, Cal- is the guy that I'm pretty much – of the Calgary Flames, who will be in town tomorrow, is a guy that I would like to target the most, though. Are we going to really be able to pry him away from the Calgary Flames, who look like they're going to run away with the division this season? Um, that is the guy I would target the most, though, if I'm the Minnesota Wild. Marion Hosa already turned us down anyway. I have no confidence that he is coming here, just because it ain't going to happen. Um, those are the top two free agents, pretty much, going into this season. And, uh, yeah, I, w- I would love to get Calamari. Calamari. <laughs> I, l- I like to call him that as a, uh, as a joke. But, uh, yeah, I would love to have him with the Minnesota Wild next season, if humanly possible. But that's pretty much where things stand now. We'll probably get more into free agency in the next coming weeks here. Possibly the next show didn't really get into that this week. It was more about just the game reviews and the Jacques Lemaire tirade. And I uh, figured, you know, since Ben Wapulia's name brought up, got to talk about it, because that's a guy I like to talk about on this show an awful lot, as he is a debated individual with your Minnesota Wild. So we're going to call it a show for the week. We'll be back next week for episode number 13. Hopefully there will be better luck for the Wild, and it won't be the unlucky 13. So we'll talk to you soon. Take care.